Welcome to the Go Low Show, where it's about golf, grit, and your pursuit of greatness. My name is Kyle Aldrink, and I am your co-host, along with my man, John Weir, mental game coach extraordinaire. And in this podcast, we're going to show you everything that you need to know about how to go low in your golf game. And we're excited to bring you that show right now. Expect anything different? Is it his time? It's time to go. So Ben Esposito, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're doing excellent. And like you were just saying, I mean, you know, we all kind of know each other a little bit already, but, uh, you know, the purpose of today is to, to do a little deep dive into your game and see, especially from mental golf type purposes, you know, what we can keep improving as you're seeking your professional journey. For sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So remind us uh, of what your mental golf type is. Uh, INFP. You're an INFP. So basically the introverted version of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure. I, I might, I, if I'm not mistaken, I might be the first one on the show, right? Since well, INFPs are really rare. Yeah. Um, you're looking at maybe 1% of the population. And I've met, I've actually personally worked with, I mean, you'd be three, my third INFP. So out of working with thousands of people, um, INFPs are a rare commodity in the golf world. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So it'd be interesting to dive into things. Yeah. So let us know, you know, kind of where you're at with things. I mean, Obviously, I know where, you know, the conversations we've had, but, you know, let it, let our listeners know kind of where you're at with things and, um, you know, just how you're feeling about your game currently. Um, well, I'm, I'm about to take the uh, deep dive leap of faith into professional golf. So it's a pretty exciting time, just kind of tuning up some some loose ends before I really uh, get into that um, for further along this year. But really, um, just in general, I would say that trying to really lock in the mental side of things moving forward since it kind of tied up some loose technical ends. So I would say overall, one of the things I would be struggling with is just sort of focus and engagement, consistent and kind of flipping back and forth between that, you know, conservation of energy between shots and that deep focus over the ball and preparing for shots. I sort of want to get that really uh, down pat before I uh, start competing again. And I feel like uh, sometimes I've had a tendency to get really, really uh, deep focus for a few holes and then sort of disengage a bit to conserve energy between shots and then kind of uh, how would I say, take, take a few holes to get back down to earth, you know, sort of. So I would say that that's the ultimate goal next. Well, I'd say right off the bat, Ben, what we want to start implementing is going to be establishing performance bubbles on the golf course. Okay. So a performance bubble is kind of like an imaginary zone, which is where your shot actually requires your output focus. Okay. And, and engagement into that shot. 
Um, so a good habit right now to start doing is establish a trigger. Okay. And that's going to be like an obvious one you might see people doing is like a double snap. Remember, you're old enough to know probably the clapper. You remember the clapper yeah. back in the day, you know, clap on, clap off the clapper. We want the same type of concept in our game, right? Where you're getting to the zone, you're kind of double snapping or doing some sort of unique trigger to tell your brain it's now time to really be focusing in and bring that optimal focus. After the shot, same thing. Once it's closed, we're going to do our trigger, let it bring closure to the shot. And that's when you're going to want to be going in. I would be, it's okay that you're going in and conserving the energy in between shots. It's great. We don't want to be grinding on golf all the time. It's okay that your mind gets away from things during that period. But what you want to know as a perceiver is, is that when you snap your fingers, it means you must act now. So you want to add an urgency or a pressure to that, that when that happens, I must focus. And perceivers can sometimes put things off or they can sometimes be slow starters without urgency and pressure. And so it doesn't mean that you're, you know, it's just like, it's that urgency to act. And so I would be combining that in with that performance focus so that when you snap, it's, it's all systems go. And another thing that could help with that too, then is once you do your double snap and it's all system go, I would start already talking about the possibilities you see for the shot. I would start calling out and verbalizing, even though you're intuitive uh, or introverted, your intuitive function is extroverted. And so as you verbalize or start talking about what's coming to you or what you're seeing naturally there, that's going to help engage that focus and, and put that pressure on to take action right away and, and, and really engage. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, in, in the past I have used the double snap, but unfortunately it was, it was, I was kind of looking at it more as like a, a checkbox, you know, like, I, okay, I did my double snap time to do this instead of really truly associating it with engagement and, and, and t- time to go and, and the thoughts that are supposed to follow. And, and what I would do off the course with that, too, is uh, you could write out a little script if you want or do it, but you can just use basic suggestions. Take some time, close your eyes and relax yourself and then start programming your mind. When I do this, this happens and then start seeing yourself getting into that engagement and that level of focus that you want. See yourself performing, then shut it down. I know from the past, you're in the music, shut it down, listen to music, see yourself on the course, just kind of playing some songs in your head or whatever it is you like. Now, double snap. When I do this, I focus, see yourself bringing that level and, and do some of that visualization and mental rehearsal of that off the course. You'll find it transitioning into your game too, a lot faster. But come up with like a consistent line that you can keep repeating to yourself like a mantra. When I do this, this happens. When I do this, this happens. And uh, you'll find that just a short period of time, you'll be able to elevate your focus and get more out of your shot process. And I'm sure I'll start uh, associating that snap with, you know, good things, good thoughts. And especially through the, uh, the scripting talks you guys have in the uh the self-talk um module of the program i've definitely been working through that and i've actually funny that you brought that out because i've actually started to uh, associate the snap with one of the scripts that i have so oh, good good and and i would probably take time to write one up in this regard for you 
if this is one of your main things for it, I, I would bring that in and then include some of your self-talk with that healthy level of pressure. Like, you know, when I do this, I'm, I'm all systems in, I'm going to put max output till I'm done with it till the next double snap, but take some time to cultivate that by bringing that in, in your self-talk, you're going to keep cultivating that vision. When you have that vision in place as an intuitive, it, you just grow towards it so fast. It's going to accelerate that acquisition of that skill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's get back into then, you know, what you're doing in practice and uh, some other things to prepare yourself. Um, so, so like I said, recently, it's been more of tying up some uh, loose technical ends, but in terms of the focus and engagement, um, definitely starting to add that snap, snapping uh, double snap to the uh, pre-shot process to kind of start everything and get things going. E even, even if I'm chipping or, or um, I haven't used it on the putting green and I'm probably assuming that it should be consistent throughout um, all facets of the game. But, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be a snap per se. Some okay. people are auditory, you know, sometimes people are annoyed by the snap. I mean, it just depends. Some people don't like to do that. You just want to create a unique behavior, Ben, with whatever yeah. that is. Like I'm more kinesthetic. So sometimes what works better for me is the way I tug on my hat or the way I grip my club or a feeling like tapping my leg a couple times. You can use a kinesthetic thing like that. Louis Oosthuizen used a visual trigger when he won. Um, I don't can't remember if it was the Open or the Masters, but he had the famous red dot on his glove that he was looking at to remind him to start bringing in that focus through his routine, and that was what he conditioned as a trigger. So you can explore whatever, but I would make sure that you use a consistent behavior that's only unique for your focus, then bring it into all aspects of your game across the okay. board. Because again, focus is focus and we want to be consistent. If you're going to play music, you could do it then too. What, whatever that may be when you want to require focus, constantly be ingraining that as a symbol to your brain to say, now it's, it's time to engage. Yeah. And so, but it could be a variety of things. Just find something that would be consistently done and unique to that. Okay, I'll definitely definitely experiment a little bit. I I know that the the, the double snap is kind of good because it it doubles as a letting your playing partners know you're about to hit to to stop <laughs> talking. But I've had that happen, and I you know so I I hope people don't think I'm like doing that to them just just to get them to be quiet. <laughs> but it it definitely doubles as a uh, you know device for that too. But yeah, I'll definitely experiment with with other, um, options as well. Cool. So what other questions did you have or things you wanted to chat about in terms of your mental golf type? Um, so just kind of the end of the year doing a sort of statistical analysis. I use a couple of programs to track my stats and I, I and this probably just affirms my mental golf type and that's why I wanted to bring it up. But um, from the rough, my, my stats are actually extremely good. It, it's kind of interesting. My up and down percentage from the rough is over 75. Um, my, my strokes gain approach from the rough is better than from the middle of the fairway. 
So, so just trying to, you know, when I dig deep, I know I can kind of get out of a challenging situation. And, and that sort of speaks to the mental type from what I've read from you guys, but just trying to take that forward uh, into other aspects, you know, of like more simple basic shots, uh, hopefully to try to tune those up to the same level, because sometimes I find it harder to commit to a shot from the middle of the fairway, because when I'm in a tough situation, it's like, this is, I have to hit it this way. This is my, you know, it, it sort of I, I think ben, what it is is again going back to what we talked about earlier which is kind of that urgency or pressure when you're in those tough situations you know that it requires your focus and attention so there comes as a perceiver that urgency to buckle it down and do it here right now right now we're in the fairway okay less obstacles good lie mm -hmm. what i think is is you're taking those shots off a little bit yeah we need to add that same level of urgency to kind of act or uh, it's a lack of better term. You got to put a little more pressure on yourself to say this shot, even though it's an easy one, still demands that same level of focus and attention into creating your visual image to going through that routine and, and to connecting with your target. I just think it's just, you're giving yourself permission on those easy ones because you're, you're labeling it easy yeah. or you're, you're prejudging it. And then those are the ones getting away because if it's easy, oh, okay, well, I don't necessarily have to buckle everything down. I might not have to think through and really get the focus up. So I would say first and foremost, bring the same urgency T to green and eliminate labeling difficult or easy. Okay. They all demand that because yeah. when you snap, that means you're in it. And that's what I would be trying to put that pressure on yourself to perform in those shots, even the easy ones, no taking them off. No, no lazy shots. Yeah. It could, it could definitely to be like, as you said, an image thing. It's, it's, I find it easier to see, to see the picture if it's framed by an obstacle. So. Yeah. And you're not alone with that. You're not alone with that. And so what you want to do now is start verbalizing your zones start start using and talking out where your poles are or your field goal or what your end target is. And by doing that, it's going to help you to cultivate the picture there. So you always remember, even though you're an introvert, we all have an extroverted positive quality. And for you, that's the possibility. So verbalize that more, start defining it that way. That will create the picture for you. And it'll give you same clarity like you have when you're having the framework around you. Perfect. You know, I've always said that, uh, you know, for me anyway, as, as an intuitive middle fairway, middle pin was always one of my hardest shots, but like you put me behind some trees or something, I'll, I'll wrap that thing around there onto the green all day long. Like you said, it's a, it's a perception thing of like, this is a very clear zone to create. Like if I have to hit over trees or something, you know, I had this hole in college that was this hard dog, like left, like you could hit it, iron out, have up the middle and then have like 180 in or you could take driver high over these trees this little like field goal looking thing and have like a 40 yard pitch in i'd go over that thing every single time with no doubt in the world and then people would always try to follow me and then hit it into trees <laughs> um but it was like i just like i could see that so clearly it was all day long so like i i hear exactly what you're saying but when i get in the middle of the fairway it's just like almost i try to direct it because it was too linear if that makes sense 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would use like establish a little apex window. I, I love the apex window uh, visualization for myself, especially from the fairway. Where do you see the ball shaping through? And if you catch that apex spot and can shape it through, it's going to find your zone on the green. And I would start cultivating where you see that and, and starting to get your eyes up and, and imagine it. The visual that helped me all the time was I imagine it has like a big piece of plate glass and I'm going to, I'm going to break the glass. And that helped me to define where those parameters were and where I wanted to get the ball to shape from. And so find some of those ways to verbalize and articulate your target and, and articulate where you're seeing that shape through. And uh, that's going to be really helpful. But I really think, Ben, it just stems down to get that urgency up, put a little pressure on yourself to put a good shot to your zone and uh, stop, stop the labeling of what that shot is. Hard, easy, simple, demanding. Yeah. Try to bring the same creative energy to all of them. Yeah, that, that'll help for sure. But I definitely in the past sort of, yeah, or if not subconsciously sort of labeled, you know, th things to, and maybe like you said, not buckled down as much when, when I was in a perceptively easier place. Yeah, and that, that's pretty common to do. So it's uh, just keep jacking it up, keep working that trigger and, uh, you can drive a lot of this in with your self-talk off the course as well. You'll be surprised at how much you can gain from just doing some of those simple activities like that and, and make that a part of it, make that part of your self-talk easy or difficult. It's my same. I bring the same all the time because every shot demands action right now. <laughs> well, good stuff, Ben. Was there any, any last thoughts or uh, any last questions that you might have before we wrap up? Um, I, I did. I, I wanted to ask, and, and this is sort of a pretty specific mental golf type question. When, when I, I've heard in the in some of the other podcasts, you guys talk about sensors doing really well with reverse visuals. Um, and it, I, I sort of like the reverse visual. It, where does like that feeling of you feeling good about something sort of balance you know well, well reverse the... visualizing is more of an intuitive concept okay for one however it does work in putting and things for a sensor because it's helping to define a line okay, okay? the difference what i would do with the sensor versus an intuitive is is the sensor needs to get back into just let's say finish their stroke okay you as an intuitive, what you want to be doing is, is you kind of want to keep your mind's eye awareness on that end part of the goal. So for putting, it's like mentally bringing the image back to the ball down that line. So still, while I'm making a stroke as an intuitive player, I'm still imagining the ball sitting at the bottom of the hole. Okay. And so I'm pulling the mind's eye where I'm connecting to with my target back. And that's where I'm keeping my main focus through the stroke. As an intuitive, I'm going to assume that my stroke is good because I have the picture. If I have the picture, everything's going to coordinate with my body. Okay. I can assume that the mechanics will be there because I've practiced. So I'm constantly trying to bring where my mind's eye is back to the ball. And I'm keeping that there through, through the putting stroke. Okay. That, Does that, that clarify? Makes, yeah, absolutely. Because we, we had talked about that before and I'd, I'd used it with the putting. But yeah, it starts at the bottom. 
of the hole and rolls all the way back to me. So Yeah. And so some of the variations or nuances would be, I don't want you to like lock your stroke down from there. I'd right. rather you stay on that end goal and let your body be responding to that picture in your mind. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Ben, thanks for coming on. It was great talking with you about this stuff and, you know, getting out of the little part of the stuff that you and I talk about, but um, love going layers deep into this with you. And we're excited about, you know, your next steps and what you can accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Guy. All right. Thanks, Ben. Have a great day, Ben. You too. All right. Well, it was great having Ben on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to wrap up our season three and I really want to take the time to thank you for following along and encourage you to go back to season one if you haven't heard the majority of the episodes because uh, we do each season a little bit differently. In season one, we got a lot of great mental game tips and actual performance tips on there for you. And again, as always, um, if you haven't got on mentalgolftype.com to do your free assessment yet, yeah, I strongly encourage you to do that. So as you see in this season, you know it's very unique to the individual. Uh, but we wanted to layer some things too that everybody could use. But again, one more time, I really want to thank you for following the Go Low Show. Uh, also, check out our YouTube channel um, where we have a show called Quest to Be the Best. Again, working with players in real time and some other really helpful videos for you. So we got content everywhere for you um, from Mental Golf Type. And again, we just appreciate you. Uh, we're here to help you. So again, thanks for following along, and we'll see you in that next season.